Welcome to Behind the Table, produced by Ryko Theatricals. We take an in-depth look at the creative process and the creators behind it. We are flipping the audition table to be more inclusive to new stories that deserve to take their rightful place behind the table. Our show airs every Tuesday at 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern on our social media, at Ryko Theatricals. Now please welcome our host, Sherry Nell Thompson. Tonight, we are tackling the artistry from a different angle. We acknowledge that physical health and mental health are very important in improving our quality of life in general. In the lives of artists, stability is already precarious because most artists work as freelancers. The lucky ones going from project to project without a lag. And if they have breaks in between like a typical performer, they work side jobs to keep the lights on. This has been the way for as long as I've been around, but due to the pandemic, the four main cities that performing artists live in, being New York, LA, Nashville, Orlando, have lost a lot of their jobs. And in the perfect storm of plague and containment, the entertainment industry, which is so intertwined with the freelance culture, has suffered job loss at staggering rates. I wanna talk about the how and the why of staying healthy as an artist during this unique era. So let's talk to someone who's an expert at keeping artists healthy. Hello and welcome to Behind the Table, an in-depth look at the creative process and the creators behind it. I'm Sherry Nell Thompson, your host, and on tonight's show, I'll be having a conversation with Dr. Gabrielle Francis, also known as the rock star doctor. Some of you know her as the rock and roll doctor. Um, she is known to me as a healer guru, my doctor, and also I am known to her as her former assistant. <laughs> She's a naturopathic doctor, chiropractor, acupuncturist, and licensed massage therapist. Gabrielle works uh, in New York City and practices as the urban alchemist. She also operates Backstage Alternative, which is her natural medicine roadshow that provides chiropractic massage, acupuncture, nutrition, and herbal remedies to performing artists on tour. That's not all. She also has a blog called The Philosopher's Blog, and she wrote the bestseller, The Rockstar Remedy. It is, you can see it. Uh, the Rockstar Remedy, a rock and roll doctor's prescription for living a long and healthy life, which we'll talk about today. So let's bring her on. Dr. Francis, come on in. Hi, Sherry. Hello, how are you? <laughs> so good to see you. You're a very busy woman and I appreciate you taking the time out to talk to yeah. me today. Um, so let's talk. First, how have you been dealing with this pandemic and keeping sane? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's been an interesting time on planet Earth, you know, and um, I'd say when, you know, when everything first started to unravel last year, it was, it felt pretty dark, you know, and mm. it, especially when everything started closing down and I realized how much my identity was kind of tied into kind of helping people. Mm. And when I had to close my office, it really kind of left me feeling a little bit empty. And so I started to channel my energy into just doing what I know how to do, and that's taking care of people. So I was working as an EMT for a while during that time. Wow. And, you know, it just felt better than listening to fire. <laughs> I mean, to um, the sirens, ambulances going by, you know, and it just 
I think just keeping busy helping people, connecting to people that were in need, talking to patients that were sick and staying, you know, keeping my supplements going for people and keeping newsletters going for people to kind of make them feel comforting. Mm. That gave me a sense of purpose. So I really haven't had any downtime. And I also use some of the downtime that I do have to just kind of recreate some things, do a new um, website, make an app. So I used it as a way to kind of work on creative things that I've been wanting to do, but didn't really have space for. So it's been a very productive time, a very interesting time, but it's also been lonely because, you know, I like to be connected. I like to be the con connected to people in arts. And, you know, I think that um, just from how you talk about the artists are feel a little bit lost right now, I think all of society, <laughs> feels really lost because there aren't arts, because mm. art and music and dance and anything creative, it's it's kind of how we transcend normal reality. Yeah. Whether you're performing it, creating it, or experiencing it as a fan, it's just a way to kind of escape reality, which I think we always, we all really need, you know? Yeah. And I think that the fans are missing it just as much, you know? Wow, that's such an interesting perspective. First of all, I did not realize that you had, I mean, talk about reinvention. You had started being an EMT. That's amazing. Um, well, I, that's I, was an, I was an EMT for a long time. I just never used it because I, uh, I originally got the license so that I could um, use it backstage in case there was any emergencies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that makes sense. Multi-purposing. Okay, so that's inspiring. What's what's your app? I know you. Oh yeah, I have an app so that um, you know if you go on the detox part of my website, you can download it for free, and it guides you through a twenty-eight day program. It's free, and it guides you through a twenty-eight day kind of program of eating healthy, exercising, monitoring things, um, great little kind of handouts to download, shopping recipes so that you can kind of do a little bit of a cleanse that supports my detox program. Oh, okay, okay, so we're gonna talk about that yes, more too. Um, so, okay, so artists, this is from the doctor, the doctor's orders is like, make sure that you, you find a purpose um, during this time because it is it can be really dark it can but it doesn't have to be mm -hmm. um helping people is one one way out of the darkness so thank you for that um yeah. i i would argue that the artists you know it sounds pretty fair to say that like everybody was hit by the lack of arts and but the artists themselves were also hit like really hard if not the hardest the service industry was battered by the pandemic the COVID pandemic um, and I was reading an, an article in New York Times, and and I have a quote that kind of sums it up. Is that what's really horrible about this is that one person can have several creative jobs. That was uh, Seaman, one of the authors of Brooking Support. You have someone who's a musician in a touring band, they lost their tour. At the same time, maybe they're working as a bartender in a music venue, lost that job too. So they yeah. may have done some editing for a film, and now that film, which would have been shot during the summer, was pushed off indefinitely. Um, so that's another job. It's a crisis level for creative occupations within the city because it's all so intertwined, which is, you know, 
what you were saying. And then to add to that, the black indigenous and artists of color have even higher rates of overall, um, you know, job loss than, you know, you know, uh, losing a larger percentage of their income too. So it's like, it's, mm -hmm. it's double, triple, it's happening across the board. And then how do you recommend artists uh, stay sane? It was one of my questions. Um, and when I think you kind of answered it when you said, you know, finding a purpose. Which is sometimes hard when your whole purpose has been in creation. But some of the artists that I've worked with have found that kind of getting off of that kind of grind of constantly going, moving, doing, um, performing for other people have found that the space that they had um, allowed some creativity to come through. And then mm -hmm. others have found that they couldn't inspire any creativity at all yeah. because they were in too dark of a place. So what I was working with a lot of artists to do is to kind of stimulate the creativity a little bit just to kind of keep their purpose going because that's what moves them really, you know? Mm -hmm. um, even though they were kind of feeling depressed and lost to kind of find ways to stimulate the creativity. And one of the first things that I think is important is that um, working on your health because a lot of times when an artist's on tour and they're in the middle of a production, it's such a relentless time mm -hmm. that they really have a hard time kind of being healthy and balanced. And so they kind of swing be between pendulums, like being out on tour in production and then the space between. And the space between is usually when people reboot and um, get healthy again. So I was trying to reframe the pandemic time as a time to, you know, get a rhythm in your sleep, mm. exercise, get on a healthy diet routine, you know, just shop mm -hmm. at Trader Joe's, it's, it's cheap, you know, <laughs> and, you know, just really kind of start getting these healthy grounded habits so that when you do go back out into creation mode, um, production mode, touring mode, you've kind of got those habits underway, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And also, like when your body's healthy, it's like, you know, we look at health and most of us are thinking about health as just the body of the car, you know. Right. And I look at health as not just being the body of the car, but is the gas tank and the battery full. Mm. And especially with artists, okay, artists, the, the gas tank and the battery are like your hormones, your adrenal glands, your thyroid, your neurochemistry. And mm -hmm. artists are often go, 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 and they don't recharge, okay. So this kind of time of space could allow a lot of time for those um, batteries in the gas tank to recharge. If you're filling the gas tank and the battery with good stuff, mm. positive thoughts, nurturing relationships, getting out in nature, exercising, eating healthy, this could be the time where you recharge the batteries. When the, re when the batteries are charged, that's when I find that creativity starts to come because creative energy is an extension. It's an extension beyond yourself. And if you're in survival mode or very depleted, mm -hmm. it's very hard to create. Right. So basically like 
the sanity comes from sometimes taking a break and you get clarity. Um, the, really, um, changing the perception of what's going on. Okay. Right. Reframing it, like you said. Yeah. Instead of like thinking about all the things I've lost and not knowing where I'm going, just kind of looking at this as space to heal, recover, regenerate, and see what, what kind of gifts you can find from it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. Until the next phase comes, because we know that there will be the next phase. We don't know when that's coming, and it looks like the end is coming soon. <laughs> but you know what I mean? And, and this might not be the last time something like this happens. Happen. So, you know, really how we, how, we, how we perceive this experience is almost just as important as what's happening. Wow. And, and reframe it in a way that we see the opportunity in the, re the healing, the repair, the regenerating, the rebooting. And also sometimes you can see it as a way of um, reflecting on where I was and which direction I want to go. Because sometimes mm -hmm. when you're in the arts, you're constantly being moved by an outside force telling you which way you should go. And um, I think it's always important to kind of fill up the tanks and then see what comes forward within you and then express that outwardly. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I think most people are more focused on um, keeping the car shiny and clean and polishing it than filling up the tank. So right. duly noted. Um, I really want to talk about the myth of, of the rock star, the myth of being a rock star. In your book, The Rock Star Remedy, which I love, um, <laughs> you know, I had to I had to come and come to your office and pick up a copy of this because I gave it to my mom after I read it and she never gave it back. Um, <laughs> hi, mom. And uh, you talk about how rock and roll does, ne doesn't necessarily go hand in hand with being unhealthy, which is like mm -hmm. kind of the myth of it all. Um, obviously some stereotypes are based in some truth, but, uh, more than one review of your book talked about how, and, and I'm going to quote this cause I just can't remember. Um, Dr. Francis book has dispelled the myth of sex, drug and sex, drugs, and rock and roll have really been replaced with mind, body, and spirit in the quest for the ultimate artistic experience. Will you talk about the myth of sex, drug, and ro drugs, and rock and roll? Well, you know, that was a very real thing back in the 70s and the 80s. and um, But a lot of those people burned out fast, right, or didn't kind of continue on. And I would say that when people first get into any kind of arts or music or industry where there's a lot of performing, um, there's that. And, they're, and usually when they're younger, in their 20s and early 30s, it's like, you know, they kind of go into that full excess mode. But if if they're gonna continue in the in the fields of performing for a long period of time, you can't you can't sustain that long term. Mm -hmm. And so what would happen is as they get into their thirties, you know, they start to kind of want more balance. They want to sustain that kind of career. They know that they've got to keep the gas tank and the batteries going too. Right. And then as they get families and marriage and the wife and the kids are starting to come on tour, then it's like a whole different experience. But, you know, the my my belief is that you can have an extreme lifestyle. You can do a lot. You can travel. You can live life to the fullest. You can celebrate and you can be healthy, that you don't have to decide between one or the other. 
And what I realized then is that when I started working with my normal patients, that they were really living the exact same way as the rock stars were. They, <laughs> like right. a, a mother of four, you know, like going all day without eating, running around, doing errands, a corporate executive, traveling. Like this is the same lifestyle. Mm. So, you know, a lot of people, they don't want, they don't think they can get healthy because they'd have to live this very boring nine to five rhythm life. And I don't really believe that. I believe that we can get healthy in the context of our lifestyle the way it is. And that's what I try to kind of teach people in the book is how you can tweak little things in your lifestyle to make it healthier um, without really changing, you know, your life. Because right. Improve quality without changing your lifestyle. You right. You don't I mean? have to lose in order to, to gain, basically. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's interesting how it should be a celebration. You know, you shouldn't have to, you know, sacrifice to be healthy. You should look right. at it as part of the adventure, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, okay. So you were touring for like some 20 years with uh, rock bands. And then it sounds like what you were able to do is like sort of distill the process of working with rock stars into working with the, the regular normal, normal Joe. And um, so the way you were able to translate that was really fascinating because it's true. Like a lot of us are ripping and running and, and still working like a regular nine to five and still going out and having fun and partying and like being extreme. So you can right. help everybody. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the myth of the sex, drug and rock and roll, I wanted to dispel it because it certainly is not true in my life, <laughs> but uh, you know, I just work constantly on, you know, creating art. Um, sometimes I wish it was, but no, uh, so in the book, I know you talked about um, the 90-10 philosophy. Will you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I really try to teach people that kind of getting healthy isn't that hard and that if we really kind of take the steps and, and just create that rhythm that you can be healthy most of the time. However, I think we need to have that space, and I say 10%. Um, to just do whatever you want, to have fun, to party, to eat what you want, to not really think about it. Um, and that way people don't sabotage because I found that people would be really strict. Mm -hmm. And if they just cheat once, they'd go off for months on self-sabotage. Right. So I like to incorporate that 10%. And some people, they're on the 80-20 plan. Some people on the 70-30 <laughs> plan. But as long as you're doing more healthy things than not, it's easier to stay back in rhythm. Because when you do all or nothing, which so many of us are very extreme like that, mm -hmm. we tend to sabotage, you know. Absolutely. And, um, and I think that you have to also look at that 10% time where you're just letting loose, you're partying, you're having fun, you're not worrying about what you're eating. That that emotionally celebration, connecting to people, whatever you're doing, living life to the fullest is healing too. Mm. So you should really enjoy that as long as it's not too harmful. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean? It's true. Like you have to find a balance. You know, because right. like, it, you know, sometimes I'm like, is this 10 or is this 20 or is this 30 this week? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I have a friend who who was doing, you know, extreme dieting and she said, oh, you know, on my cheat day, I eat a whole pizza and I eat this. And I'm like, you eat a whole pizza on the cheat day? I thought the cheat day was like one or two slices. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to be careful about keeping that kind of balance. I, I really yeah. want to 
talk more about that. But first, uh, we need to take a beat because we got to hear from one of our sponsors, the hashtag Broadway World Record Challenge, which, by the way, ends on March 31st. More about that after this. I drink champagne with kings and queens, the politicians praise my name. But those were someone else's dreams, the pitfalls of what I became. For years and years, I chased their cheers, a crazy speed of always needing more. But when I stop and see you So that was the hashtag Broadway World Record Challenge. Our goal is simple, to break a Guinness World Record title and help the actors fun. We need 5,000 clips from, of from now on from the greatest showman to break the record and save the Broadway industry, which has been shut down since March 12th of 2020. In your video, challenge four of your friends to participate and help break the record. And the record deadline is the 31st of this month. So please get your submissions in. We're almost there. Uh, we only have a few hundred to go, I think. So so go ahead and submit and so we can break the world record. Okay, so Dr. Francis, back to life on tour. I know that uh, the experience, and, and I've been on small tours, so I know the experience is not extremely gl as glamorous as it might seem. It's more like gritty, um, sometimes inspiring, sometimes lonely. How do you recommend artists manage that on tour? Well, first of all, staying as healthy as possible, you know, um, and eating regularly, you know, taking, packing snacks and keeping the blood sugar balanced is really important. Hydrating, you know, kind of prepping ahead of the tour with things that can be healthy and maybe knowing the city in advance that you're going to where some of the good spots to eat are, kind of doing a little Google search to find that kind of stuff. It also depends on the level of the tour, like if it's a very low budget tour and you're in <laughs> you're in vans and the stuff. Mini vans. <laughs> it's a little bit tougher, you know, if you're like out with the Rolling Stones and you each get your own jet, that's a different thing. <laughs> um, I think that one of the most important things is staying connected to your people, you know, like, checking in once a day, a call to the family, to the loved ones. That's very, very important because mm -hmm. people do get lonely. The touring group can become like a family and, you know, as much harmony as possible that can be going on with that because they are kind of like a traveling little band of gypsies where they all become a family and hopefully it's not too dysfunctional. <laughs> Um, I would always recommend to the artists that the travel time, whether it's in the plane or the vans, they use it for just kind of reading, journaling, meditation, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, avoiding gossiping a lot because I think that that kind of can tear up a whole, it can just tear up a whole 
kind of tour, you know, mm -hmm. when people get crazy like that. Um, I so. know you've seen some, seen some things, the dysfunctional tour family. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about supporting artists? Like, you know, there's a social aspect to what we do. Like we, we have, uh, one of my dancers was talking about how when we did our video, our visual show that we like, our virtual show rather, that we, it was odd because usually you're used to being on stage and there's lights and then there's people, you can feel that their response and you respond to their response. But with like just doing virtual stuff, you, you don't feel anything really. No. Um, so how do you support an artist who is who has gone through like a period of isolation or you know trying to get inspired? Um, you know, That's the, you, you you have you have your highs and lows as professionals, but then you mm -hmm. also have mental highs and lows too. Yeah. No, I think what you're saying is so true, and and you just aren't feeling like artists kind of feed on the energy of the audience. Like mm -hmm. that's their gift back, you know, they yeah. project, but they feed on that. And you can see that kind of energetic exchange, which just isn't happening with technology. Right. Yeah. So you do need to kind of feel that exchange. And a lot of people haven't been seeing friends or family. So, but you have to run errands. And mm -hmm. so every day you go out to your local, community store and you have your mask on but you can still make contact with people i find everybody interesting i find mm -hmm. all people all kinds of people fascinating and so i go out for adventures whether it's to the grocery store to the hardware store and i actually talk to the people that are waiting on me right and i find that that makes me feel less lonely and you can see how it can change their day and that mm -hmm. makes feel good too. Yeah. I think walking out in nature and um, seeing different things because artists need kind of new things to stay creative and stimulate. Mm -hmm. Right. So for me, just kind of walking in a new neighborhood in New York or mm, taking a different street um, and just kind of with your head up and not down in the phone. Um, oh. Because it's anything that can stimulate creativity is something new, you know, like just a new road, you know, and then with your head up, not down in the computer. This is somebody programming you on how to think, <laughs> you know, you have to kind of open yourself up to what's out there in the world in order for your new creativity to come through. And I think that, you know, those are ways that you can kind of stimulate your creativity as well as like learning a new exercise, doing a new kind of dance video or something like that. When you, when you push yourself to try something new, it stimulates your creativity. It can kind of bring a sense of purpose as well. I think for the New Yorkers, the biggest challenge of that besides getting your phone, your head out of your phone is taking a different street. Cause we love to take the same route everywhere we go. We're like, this is the fastest one. Uh -huh. <laughs> Why would I go that way? <laughs> well, it doesn't need to be fast. You have all the time right. in the world now to, to wander, you know, and I, right. and I think wandering is just amazing for creativity. Or if you have a car doing a little road trip, road trip. like changing the scenery a little bit, you know, and get, you getting out, you know? Yeah. How do you support artists like that are in your family? Like I know your husband is a really accomplished musician. Um, how do you, you know, how do you, how do you give him support as an artist and, you know, from one artist to another, how do you do yeah. that for 
family. And some people like are not like you. They they don't understand the life of artists. So they for them it's like what I don't even know how to relate to them. So how would you recommend that they support artists in their family? So how family should support an artist mm -hmm. that's in their family? Um, it's a very good question, dear. I think one of the most important things is is kind of being with them, talking with them, and letting them express themselves and not projecting what they should do or this or you should do this or you should do this or this is you know artists are expressive people and they need space to 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 express and i think that what what's really lacking in society is just non-judgmental listening mm. and when people can be listened to and they felt heard it's something something healing takes place can sometimes wake something up in them and I think that's the best thing you can do for somebody else who you, and it doesn't have to just be an artist. I mean, this whole pandemic, like just being there for people, you know, who are suffering, yeah. letting them talk, letting them express without trying to offer advice um, is one of the best things you can do. Wow. This is very wise advice. And it's true. It is universal. How you treat an artist should also be how you treat other human uh -huh. beings. So mm -hmm. thank you for saying that. It is hard sometimes for people to relate. So I that's why I focus on like the artist, artist, artist. Um, so but I do think that this kind of universal advice is really important and pertinent at this moment. I'd love to talk more about the book. So we're going to talk about that in just a minute. But first, a message from our sponsor. Ryko Theatricals produces this show and six other podcasts. And if you want to know, this is how we get the opportunity to get paid here. The more listeners and watchers, the more we get to stay on air. So listen up. If you subscribe to Ryko Theatricals, you get access to seven podcasts on our channel, um, but including mine. And I just love the overflow hosted by Jen Olivares and James Robert Support. It comes on at 1 p.m. every Wednesday. It is live. It is real authentic people, artists with perspectives of artists that are so interesting at the same time grounding. They talk about the issues that we push down until they bubble up and just overflow. So check us out, subscribe and rate us on YouTube at Ryko Theatricals or on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. The more you interact, the more support we get. And if you want to bless us, you can also do that by going to Ryko.org, click support, and you can hook us up directly on Venmo. And we're back. <laughs> so tell me, uh, Dr. G, where can I get this book? I mean, this book. Um, Barnes and Noble. Amazon has it. I carry it on my website as well. And your uh, website is theurbanalchemist.com. So, so you can get this book online, theurbanalchemist.com. And I highly recommend you go to theurbanalchemist.com because that's where you get some goodies for your life. And they're very good. Um, how can we also follow you? I know I have one of your ads down here. Yeah, my Instagram at the urban alchemist and anywhere else that you want us to follow you Facebook and i have a twitter <laughs> so all of those check it out and follow dr g is giving you advice for life that you but sign are going up for the newsletter because i give a lot of good content okay so the newsletter how do we sign up for that we go to your website mm -hmm. okay so yeah. go to the urban alchemist.com yeah and Sign up for the newsletter so you can get these really, really good nuggets of wisdom. Mm -hmm. Get the book and also check out the supplements and the, all the things online that, that Dr. Francis offers. 
Um, how can how can we speaking of you the things that you offer and supplements, which I um, completely, completely love, and I and have changed my life and for the better. Um, how can we see you to like just fix us? <laughs> well, if somebody can't afford to see me, then one of the things they can do is go to my website and on the there's a detox program page, and they can okay. do a free guided kind of detox program and even if they, there's a smoothie incorporated with it which is a breakfast drink but you don't have to do that you could just learn about the diet and the lifestyle changes download the free app mm -hmm. so you don't have to have any money to get you know a big part of my wisdom because I believe that we should start with a clean slate so the detox is detoxing the body mind and the spirit starting with the clean slate from there, I kind of work on building people. And a lot of times I build people based on what I see in their labs and things like that. If they want to see me, they can, you know, reach out and um, come see me in my practice. And I'm doing a lot of telemedicine now for people who aren't local. And um, yeah. I, I highly recommend it. You, If you want to go and interact with Dr. Francis, you can get that app. You can go online and do the free um, guided program. Um, mm -hmm. And if you if you want to spend, you know, your resources, you can come and see her. And I, from experience, can say that, like, I have always left you a better person. Like, wow. every time I've mm -hmm. got acupuncture, it's always helped me more than any ibuprofen or anything that I've ever taken. <laughs> uh, and that's the truth. As a dancer, like, it you know, the acupuncture and the chiropractic has really been instrumental in my life. And so whenever I can, I, I'll come and see you. And it's worth every penny. <laughs> Let's talk about hindsight is twenty twenty, which is one of my favorite parts of this show. It's like 2020 is literally behind us. So hindsight is literally 2020. But what have you learned? Something, some nugget of wisdom that you take with you that you learned on your journey that you know now that maybe you didn't know before we can tell people I think in my life I've I'm a pretty rebellious person I don't tend to um, follow in the um, I don't tend to conform to what society would expect of somebody you know mm -hmm. in life I've kind of made decisions in two ways one is kind of coming from within and things that might seem out of the box, crazy, unconventional, but inside me it felt really, really right. Mm. And other choices I've made have been based on what I thought I should be doing at the time based on what society tells me to do. Mm. And it might not have kind of felt right inside, but I did it because I thought it was expected of me at mm. that time in my life. Okay. I would say the always the more intuitive, irrational coming from within choices have always been the right ones <laughs> the ones with the smoother path um, mm. the ones with least resistance so I think that people what I've learned is to follow my inner voice mm. and to try to kind of disconnect from what's happening around um, and just move from within a little bit more follow my intuition mm. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't make sense in the outside world. <laughs> right. Right. Um, what is, do you have any stories on tour or like favorite rock star stories that you, 
like to tell it you don't have to spill the tea you don't have to tell their names or anything but do you have anything interesting well um <laughs> pick a topic do you have a topic or <laughs> from the okay uh well you know in the book you talked a lot you told a few stories that were interesting um let's see what about you know i i never really even I really was like, it was years before I saw the first hotel room torn up. And I was I was on tour with a band and the lead singer was having a serious Coke problem. I would be um, massaging him and he'd pull out his Coke spoon. And I'd be like, oh, that's the perfect <laughs> replacement for energy, you know? <laughs> and it was just a really bad scene. His voice was terrible. He's breaking down on stage. It was like the worst concert they ever had. It was a huge tour, huge. And um, that night, back in the hotel room, he was really wasted. He got in a fight with his wife, and he completely tore up not only his room, but other rooms. And the entire band got kicked out of the hotel. They had to sleep in the buses. It's the first time I ever saw a hotel room torn up. And, and actually, it was kind of funny because I was secretly a little bit happy because I was like, you know, this is what you always thought about, right? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, this is what I always saw in the movies. Yeah, like, am I kind of bad for being secretly happy that this finally happened? Um, but that is kind of, he, they did do an intervention on him. He went into okay. treatment and uh, it was a happily ever after story because they, they did stay together after he got cleaned up. But <laughs> it was just kind of like, wow, after all these years, I finally got to see a hotel room tour. The rock star, the rock star treatment. Okay, well, um, so that's interesting. Oh, I would like to ask you one more question that I started asking people um, my last interview. If you were to have a dinner party and you could just invite anybody that you wanted to, who would they be? Okay. Um, the late Anthony Bourdain. Ooh, yes. Um, Michelle and um, Barack. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and how about Cher? Yes, of course. I want Cher because people always told me I look like you her. You do. So I feel like I should finally get to meet her. Yeah. Uh, you know? I'm surprised that you haven't met her yet. But yeah, you do actually have a very likeness to her. That okay. Would be party. That would be your table. It would be <laughs> Anthony Bourdain, Barack, uh, Barack and Michelle Obama, and Cher. Awesome. <laughs> um, well, I'm so grateful that you came into the podcast tonight. You've been a great doctor, a great friend, an inspiration uh, to me in my life. And so I just wanted to share you with the whole entire world. Um, Dr. Francis say, says, find the gifts, rebel, which means for most people to follow your inner voice <laughs> and, and to just uh, change your perspective. So take care of your health and all the artists and all the people out there. Uh, talk to your families and try to create connections. Um, a special thanks to Ryko Theatricals. If you like this, uh, subscribe to our channel and we can collect these Showtime coins. Um, follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. if you like to watch the videos and follow us on YouTube. And um, if you want more info, go to rycore.org. 
to find out about all of our podcasts and um, show us some love. So peace, love, rock on. Woo. <laughs> Thank you. Love you, Sherry. Bye-bye. Love you. You've been listening to Behind the Table, a weekly podcast from the Ryco live streaming series produced by Ryco Theatricals. Everything you heard was recorded live on our social media at Ryco Theatricals. You can support this podcast by sharing us on social media, writing a great review, or donating at www.ryco.org/support. Thanks for listening.